Hey everybody, happy Friday and welcome to the all new Fanatic Forum as part of the Back of the Cereal Box Network. Oh, I am just, I'm excited. The Louisville, Kentucky area, there is a bit of a horse race this weekend here that's, you know, fairly popular, right? Okay, but there also happens to be two things for us geeks to celebrate. One, the release of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which was excellent. We'll get to that in just a second. And also, most importantly, tomorrow is a special holiday for all of us geeks. It's free comic book day. So that means you need to get yourself to your nearest local store, which there are many around the country. Uh, if you don't know where your comic book store is, the easiest way to find out is... Uh, uh, just get on Google and comic shop locator or comic bookstores near me, and they will certainly help you out there. But yeah, if you're in the Kentuckiana area here, you're doing pretty good. And of course, if you're in Elizabethtown, uh, you know, of course, where I am, uh, we are blessed to have two stores. And then right next door in Radcliffe, we've got a store there. So yeah, all kinds of stuff to be happy about. So yeah. Very exciting. But of course, uh, on Free Comic Book Day, there are actually special books. If you don't just can't, you can't just go in there and get an amazing Fantasy 15 for free. Now, there are special books that each publisher puts out. Like Marvel's got stuff, DC, and then most of the independents have stuff out there. Uh, a lot of times it's like previews of stuff to come, uh, or sometimes, uh, especially the independents will actually reprint their first issues of certain books to say, hey, check this one out, you know, sort of thing. It's, you know, something maybe that started recently or whatever else. So, yeah, that's pretty fun there. Uh, but yeah, so of course, most other stores will have special deals and everything too. So yeah, so you know, again, it's a day to celebrate. So go to your local comic shop and uh, and get yourself some uh, wonderful free comics. And of course, you know, get some other stuff too. So, <laughs> oh, let's see here. But let's, before we get started with the proper show, I got to share a little something with you guys here right after this. my favorite song oh <laughs> uh, yeah the official debut of the intro to the fanatic forum here uh and i'd like to thank my friends uh, jared halal who did all the editing and the graphics work there put that all together uh and my friend dr joseph dangerfield for the wonderful music for me so thank you guys very much for your uh your work on that and uh i'm very happy to see that debut so there you go <laughs> uh yeah so uh if you're new to the fanatic forum here we talk about comic books each week. Uh, we talk about movies that I'm into, TV shows we're watching. Uh, I'm a big wrestling fan, so we talk about wrestling from time to time as well. So tonight was pretty interesting because we had uh, uh, Rampage on way earlier than it normally is. Normally AEW Rampage airs at 10 p.m. Uh, and we had it at 5.30 p.m. So 
Uh, good show tonight. Lots of fun matches. They're a jam-packed show, too. They, they know how to pack in an hour's worth of content, let me tell you. Uh, but yeah, so I'm a big AEW fan. Of course, I, I grew up watching uh, WWE and uh, NWA, WCW, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we will definitely talk wrestling from time to time. But of course, yeah, I've been a comic book reader for 43 years now. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of really where I learned to read and a lot kind of good stuff. So uh, yeah, so that's the most important thing we'll be talking about today. So uh, yeah, just uh, yeah. So just a little bit about the show here. If you've never watched before, and if you haven't, welcome to the forum here. Uh, we certainly welcome uh, any comments and suggestions uh, and topics and whatnot. So uh, yeah, because I love to just get off topic from time to time. You know, I, I may have a plan for what we're going to talk about. And today we're talking new comics. We're talking the Moon Knight finale, and I will give you a spoiler-free review for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, because I know some people may have seen it already, uh, some may have not, and I'm definitely going to respect the ones who have not, so a 100% spoiler-free. Of course, if you don't want to know anything about it, I will definitely let you know when we're going to start talking about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and so there you go. So, But yeah, uh, let's get to some comments here first off. Uh, well, okay, well, first off, I got to debut the boss here, so John Pica. Uh, who is the uh, the head of the back of the cereal box here, welcoming me. Thank you very much. Watching from downtown Nashville. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Oh, and also, yeah, uh, comicshoplocator.com, we were talking about earlier. Thank you, John, for that. <laughs> uh, Brian, said, uh, Brian Wensloff, I hope I got your name right there, says you love free comic book day. Yes. Uh, it, is, it is certainly a day to celebrate for all of us geeks here. So, yes, <laughs> we have a, a, a wonderful weekend to celebrate here. Let me tell you. All right. So, hey, Ryan, good to see you, sir. And thank you very much. Uh, let's see here. Ryan Permissen. Uh, and yeah, and uh, Ryan's show, uh, I, we need to start talking about uh, it together, Ryan, because uh, as an old comic fan and to a new comic fan. So, yeah, I think we would have lots to share, lots of interesting topics to discuss here. So, yeah, I, I love talking to comic book fans, uh, old and new, because, you know, especially the old fans, we get to make references that people do not understand whatsoever. Uh, hence, you know, my, my shirt that I'm wearing right now. Uh, but then also, you know, newer fans or people who, you know, got into comics from the movies, it's welcome to the fold. I love having you here because, like I said, I'm a geek. I'm going to talk comics all the time. So, Love talking about it and sharing things, whatnot. So, yeah, it's it is always uh, <laughs> as always yeah, one of my my favorite topic ever. <laughs> Brian, we were talking wrestling earlier. Hook and Danhausen is best for business. Yes, uh, I recently got into Danhausen um, and just mostly through being on AEW and just kind of getting into his stuff on YouTube, whatever else. I am a huge mark for Danhausen. If you don't know who Dan Housen is, if you're not uh, much in the wrestling, uh, he describes his character as the Mark Hamill Joker meets Conan O'Brien. Somewhere along that line. I, I get that, too. Uh, he also kind of reminds me of uh, like a lot of the old uh, like uh, uh, movie hosts, you know, when they do like the late shows and whatnot. So, yeah, he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of that uh, as well. But uh, he's supposed to be spooky, but he's a funny guy. He's made that way on purpose. I can't get enough of Dan Housen. So I'm so glad that he's getting himself a really good, uh, uh, you know, platform to showcase who he is. I'm, I'm hoping he's back off the injury, uh, seeing as he looks like he got booked for a match next week. So we'll see how that goes. 
Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm with you, Brian. Hook and Danhausen is certainly best for business here. <laughs> uh, Ryan Green's from Maryland. Wow. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate that. <laughs> so Dan House is actually a good. I keep hearing that, that Dan House that you know he can really go when he needs to. I mean, you know, I didn't think Orange Cassidy could go, and then he's really shown his stuff in AEW. So, see, I like that. We'll we'll, we'll definitely uh, get to we'll get to talk more. Uh, John's saying that uh, we'll be on the back of the studio box talking Mighty Warbots tomorrow. Ah, nice. Yes, uh, yeah. So yeah, tomorrow morning, nine a.m. Eastern. Tune into Back of the Serial Box uh, podcast there, and uh, we'll be talking Mighty Orbots, and I'm sure we're talking all kinds of stuff there. And I'm new to the Mighty Orbots thing. I vaguely remember the intro to this uh, Saturday morning cartoon show, which is basically a Japanese anime. So, yeah, so basically lots of fun stuff. I get to, I get to talk geek a lot this weekend because you know I got my show tonight, Back of the Serial Box tomorrow morning. And then I'm over on uh, Movie Meltdown with my buddy Brian Renfro recording a new episode. And we're talking Doctor Strange. And that one will definitely be heavy on the spoilers. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, he'll post that whenever we do that. So, yeah, if you want a really good movie podcast where you get people just having a good time, having conversations about movies, Movie Meltdown. Check them out, moviemeltdown.com. Uh, and he does have a Patreon as well uh, where they uh, specifically just talk about horror movies. Uh, that's the uh, Meltdown Horror Club. Uh, so you can uh, subscribe to that and contrib contribute and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah. And, of course, I'm on the regular uh, Movie Meltdown uh, quite often talking all kinds of geek stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> the Meltdown of Madness. <laughs> Dave Manningly. Good to see you, Mr. Dave. Uh, yes, there, there's all kinds of melting down going on here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ryan says that, uh, hang on here. Grew up during the later part of the Monday Night War era. Oh, cool. Yeah, actually, that was a really, really unique part of wrestling there. Um, I basically, you know, grew up definitely on uh, 80s era WWF. Um, you know, definitely like, uh, in the Louisville, Kentucky area, we would get Memphis wrestling on Saturday mornings. Uh, so that was USWA, then it became CWA, and then Global Wrestling. It, it was a few things, but I always really remember it as USWA. But yeah, that was where like your Jerry Lawlers and Jeff Jarrett's and you know Superstar Bill Dundee and the Fabulous Ones, all those kind of guys. But I also remember seeing a very young, mean Mark Callis debut and. Uh, his, uh, you know, this giant, like near seven foot redheaded guy and his, you know, finisher was he walked the ropes and, you know, came down, nailed some dude. Yeah. And then about six months later, this Undertaker dude pops up. And I'm like, I know that guy. So, yeah, that, that was that was a fun moment for me as a kid. Kind of like that little like mark. Moment. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> reality is connecting in weird ways. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Brian says that they love to collaborate with you sometime. Oh, thank you, sir. I would enjoy collaborating with you as well. Yeah, I, I, I uh, definitely uh, I, I enjoy collaborating with all kinds of people here. I, I do all sorts of things. I do uh, podcasts. I do a little bit of acting, all kinds of jazz. So, yeah, uh, let's see here. Hey, Drew versus the World podcast. Good to see you, sir. Welcome to the show. All right. Uh-oh, we got ourselves an ECW fan. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's it always pains me to see, like, when they would still, when they would talk about ECW and they still have to talk about, like, the revamped ECW. Like, the, the one-night stand they did 
was magic. You know, we had all the old guys come back and whatnot. That, that was that was amazing. And then they did the second one night stand, which I, they should have called it something else. But anyway, yeah. But yeah, the, the old 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 ECW. Uh, yeah, I remember the very first time I saw like a tag match with uh, RVD and Sabu versus Who Cares because RVD and Sabu killed those guys, and RVD was doing some moves I had never seen before, like he. Just you know, do this like jumping spin kick into like a steel chair, and the other dude was holding the chair, and he get the in the face. It was some amazing stuff. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, woo, yeah. That was the old ECW is certainly a uh, great stuff here. So I uh, see. Oh, Dave's talking about uh, Doctor Strange here. So okay, well you know what? Thank you, Dave. We will segue into talking about. Doctor Strange and in the Multiverse of Madness here. Because, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to do 100% spoiler-free. Uh, but, yes, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. Uh, there has been some talk where there's some people who are, you know, maybe you know, a little, you know, I don't know, they're maybe kind of a little confused by things or whatever else. Um, I will warn you, of course, it says in the title, Multiverse of Madness. If you are kind of shy about the whole multiverse stuff and, you know, alternate dimensions or whatever else, like you haven't watched Loki, you haven't watched What If, I highly suggest you do so. Um, even if, Or maybe even if you've just seen Spider-Man No Way Home, that will help you there because Spider-Man No Way Home kind of gives you like just a taste of the multiversal stuff. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness dunks you head first into the pool. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it gets kooky and crazy, but comic fans love this. I love this. Uh, lots of great, uh, little Easter eggs for old school comic fans for Dr. Strange. Um, many cameos. Uh, there's lots of speculation on who it's going to be. Some are correct. Some are not. Uh, but there are many cameos. Uh, and two post-credit scenes. Uh, there's one that's mid-credits after all the big fancy titles, and then one that's all the way at the end. Uh, both are worth sticking around for. The first one is an important one. Uh, the second one is more amusing. Uh, but yeah, uh, but uh, talking, staying away from spoilery stuff. Let's talk more about the structure of the movie. Uh, this is 100% a Sam Raimi movie, and it's so welcome to see it. I mean. You know, the, a lot of the Marvel movies don't really have a lot of, like, personal identity for their directors. It usually gets, like, you know, you get a little bit of style, but they really, they're mostly for the story itself. Um, and this is 100% a Sam Raimi movie. If you've seen Army of Darkness, you've seen any of the Evil Dead movies, um, Drag Me to Hell, any of his horror stuff, this is all Sam, and it's gorgeous. Uh, well shot. Uh, the Danny Elfman score just makes it even better. So this is Sam with a really, really big budget doing one of his classic horror movies. Uh, so yeah, lots of lots of fun there. So, 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 so good. Uh, so yeah, definitely, definitely want to check that one out. So uh, let's see here. Brian's got a comment here. Let's see. Strongly predict that San Diego Comic-Con, Marvel will announce that John Watts directs X-Men and Krasinski will direct Fantastic Four. Interesting. Because, uh, yeah, that, of course, brings up that Fantastic Four has lost John Watts um, as their uh, their director, which, you know, it, it wasn't entirely surprising because right after No Way Home came out, 
John Watts talked about, you know, I want a break. I want to take away, you know, from these you know, superhero movies, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, like I said last week, Marvel's like, no, 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 no. We, we need Fantastic Four right now, please. Thank you very much. Uh, get to work right now. Just go do it. We have a logo. We have a poster. We're starting to cast. Let's let's go. And alas, you know, he ended up, you know, backing out of it. But yes, uh, to yes, you know, that would be a very interesting uh, directorial choice there for Fantastic Four. I do like that. Uh, Krasinski's uh, The Quiet Place movies are awesome. Um, and yeah, I was really kind of concerned how the sequel was going to go. But yeah, the second one's very good. So um, yeah, I could do, I could see, you know, I could see Krasinski doing Fantastic Four as a director. Yeah. I like that. So, oh, John, okay, let's see what you got to say here. He saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness last night. Definitely need to see it again because right now my opinion is that the movie is that it's there. Okay. Not as big of a fan. Okay. Um, I wonder, is it because, you know, more of you, like, you know, you're more like the, you know, not as much of the horror fan or not as much of the fan of the content or, you know, yeah. I'll be curious to see what your second opinion is. Actually, I'm going to see it a second time to tomorrow because uh, I saw it uh, yesterday afternoon, which really weird that you could sneak preview a movie in the afternoon. I'm still getting over that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I saw it in the afternoon uh, and then I'm going to see it tomorrow taking uh, my wife and my sister and uh, her family. So yeah. And of course my nephew, who's basically my shadow uh, Harrison, uh, he'll, uh, you know, he and I were just like, we're tight on the Marvel stuff. Uh, so we're basically, you know, we're, he is my clone, even though I, you know, don't have children of my own. So I didn't need to because my sister did it for me. Thank you very much. Jeff. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, definitely you know, looking forward to seeing it a second time. Um, there was a couple things I found that I missed, uh, so I'm going to be looking for those, uh, fun little Easter eggs in there. But uh, uh, And definitely uh, there's lots of Sam Raimi Easter eggs as well. So if you're familiar with what I'm talking about there, you will be, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Uh, but, yeah, so it, like I said, just loved it, loved it, loved it. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So, okay. Um, one thing I realized last week that I did not get to share with you guys, uh, I even teased it, and I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to make, make good on this now. So we asked the eternal question last week of what's in the box. So I've been waiting 10 long months for this thing, but it finally came in. My Conan the apparently to get all the glare off here. My Conan the Barbarian uh, Ultimates here from the 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 War Paint version here. So let me get a close up there. It looks very much like Arnold. I'm really always really impressed with that. But yeah, lots of lots of blood on uh, him and the sword and everything else, and multiple heads, multiple arms, whatever else. So yeah, uh, but I've been, been waiting for a very long time for this to come out because uh, I pre-ordered it and it's finally here. And I, I'm a huge Conan fan, so. Uh, yeah, that's very much uh, was uh, enjoying looking for that. I want to show share with you guys, but we had so much to talk about last week. Yeah, of course, I was talking last week about CW cancellations. Found out that, of course, we talked on the show about Batwoman being canceled, and then right after the show ended, we found out that Legends of Tomorrow has now bowed out as well. So, yeah, that's it's unfortunate. I, you know. I tuned out a couple of seasons ago because it got a little too kooky for me, but there were plenty of other fans who really enjoyed the show, really enjoyed the kooky nature of it, and are definitely sad to see it go, and especially, too, they left it on a cliffhanger, so that's unfortunate, so hopefully maybe one day some of that will get resolved somewhere, 
So let's see. Let's do some more comments here. Uh, let's see here. Okay. <laughs> uh, what is good in life? <laughs> what is best in life, George? Uh, that would be the uh, uh, to uh, crush your enemies before you. Uh, uh, something there to hear the lamentations of the women. And I don't know. I'm not a barbarian. That's too cold for me. The North. I'll be a Southern barbarian. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Brian's got another comment about Doctor Strange here. Uh, been a Sam Raimi fan since Evil Dead Two, so I know what it's like to uh, expect his style of directing. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. He was perfect for this movie. I kind of wish he did the first Doctor Strange. Scott Derrickson did a fine job of the film, but yeah, I, I kind of wish that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of wish that he was. Did a little more here, so let's see here. Uh, is he did, yeah, talking about Legend of Tomorrow? Yeah, it did. If seven seasons is pretty good, um, of course, yeah, Flash is working on uh, eight currently, and we know that next season nine will be the final season for that one. Um, I'm still waiting to hear about Star Girl. I really enjoy Star Girl. Season two was fantastic. Uh, of course, they include more of the uh, JSA, uh, Jay Garrick being played by John Wesley Shipp. So kind of him doing double duty. That was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it was nice to see him back. Uh, but the way they handled Eclipso on the show, and Eclipso is a cool villain. You don't want to screw him up because he's nice and spooky. Uh, he's got mystical powers. Um, yeah, just yeah, and a little homicidal as well. So yeah, so I just I'm... Fingers crossed that Stargirl survives. You know, we've heard more shows, you know, being revived. So, but yeah, I'm having my fingers crossed there, <laughs> you know, for, for Stargirl. So, all right. So uh, let's talk about some new comics here. Before we talk Moon Knight finale, let's do some new comics because I got a lot of good stuff to show you guys here. So, all right here. First off, let's talk the independents because I only have one independent uh, this time around. Uh, let's see here. Right now, we've got the seventh, yes, seventh issue of uh, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. I uh, talked about the first issue several months ago. Uh, really still enjoying this book. It's kind of a true crime book. Uh, the whole premise is basically our uh, protagonist has infiltrated this group of hitmen, basically, who operate kind of on the dark web. They, you know, you sign on, you get, you know, you get to pick your jobs, that sort of thing like that. It's almost kind of like DoorDash for you know, hitman or something like that. But yeah, they do their thing there. So this guy somehow has infiltrated this group and really gotten in way over his head because he's essentially attracted the attention of a homicidal maniac who is also a part of this group. And so you don't want to do that. Uh, the really cool thing I love about this, and of course, Rick Remender is the writer on here. Uh, I absolutely love Rick's writing. Uh, he's really good when it comes to weird science stuff. He's good when it comes to crime fiction. He's all over the place. Um, uh, of course, I always I loved his Iron Fist uh, uh, run too. That was, that was awesome as well. But anyway, uh, but yeah, uh, the thing about this book, it's a lot of fun, is the cliffhangers, uh, and they're just they're almost cliffhangers that make you mad because, like, literally in this one, you know, our protagonist is opening a door. Well, on the other side of that door is like one of two things: one's good and one is bad. And I won't spoil anything because you know you need to read the book, but. It just it makes you mad. It's like, no, what's going to happen? And so, 
yeah. So really good on the suspense thing here with the cliffhangers, but yeah, it's like I said, it, it angers me sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that's the it's the fun of the book though. All right, here uh, for DC, we got basically some Batman to talk about. Shocker. But this is the one book I'm really excited about here, Flashpoint Beyond. Uh, absolutely loved Flashpoint, uh, the original Flashpoint story, because it's probably one of the greatest you know, Flash stories of all time. But what came of Flashpoint was Thomas Wayne Batman right there. Yes, very sinister looking fellow there. Uh, yeah. Not at all like his son. He takes up the mantle of Batman after basically, you know, in his world, Bruce is the one that dies. Uh, and spoiler alert, Thomas becomes Batman. Martha becomes the Joker, which is my favorite twist in the whole thing there. Of course, you know, this is an old story here. So if you haven't read it, I'm sorry for the spoiler there. But you know, old story. Anyway, uh, but the premise for this one is essentially that Thomas essentially was Though the Flashpoint universe was destroyed, he was plucked from it by Eobard Thawne Reverse Flash. That was a whole thing there in the old Batman books. But then somehow, basically, Thomas has ended up back in the Flashpoint universe, thinking it was thoroughly destroyed. How is he back here? Why is this universe existing when it shouldn't? And why is he the only one that remembers? Last time it was Barry that knew everything was wrong. Now Thomas remembers everything that's right and no one else does. So, yeah. And, of course, lots of, like, big world-ending stakes on here because, you know, the you know if you remember the uh, Atlanteans were at war with the Themyscirans. They still are. <laughs> and that's a fierce war. <laughs> so uh, we get some of the repercussions of that war are actually dealt with in this book here. So there was a zero issue that also kind of kicked off the uh, six-issue miniseries. But, yeah. Definitely worth checking out there. Uh, highly, highly recommend that one there. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Dave says, uh, Thomas Wayne is not a nice doctor. No, he's not. Not a, He is a doctor. Technically, yes. But I don't think he follows the Hippocratic Oath whatsoever. I mean, he heals some people, like his friends and employees and other, you know, criminals that he associates with. But for a guy who's supposed to be, like, fighting crime, he also does a really good job of, like, accentuating crime as well and also he does not have the compulsion against guns that bruce does so thomas is thoroughly fine with killing his own people you know villains and whatever else he doesn't want to play the games like bruce does so yeah, he's he, he's still a fascinating character but he, I, he's not one you'd want to be like have a drink with you know or you know go to a barbecue he's not a, not a good fellow there so let's see here uh Brian's got a good question here. Uh, getting off topic, and I like doing that. Uh, thoughts on Discovery Plus and HBO Max merging next year. Also, thoughts on uh, AEW signing with HBO Max. Well, um, yeah, I know they've got the. Everybody's kind of really talking about the whole uh, Discovery and HBO Max merger. Uh, basically, you know, just Warner and I think Warner Media bought Discovery Plus. So that's what how it goes. Um, I know there's already been a lot of cuts in certain areas of Warner Media and certain areas of Discovery. Um, I don't like job cuts, period, when it comes to anything. Uh, I certainly don't like it when it comes to DC Comics. And right now, DC Comics is actually in a lot of danger. Um, I don't think DC is ever going to give up Batman. So I think in 20 years, we'll still be reading Batman comic books. They still might be published by DC. 
I don't know. Uh, as for like Superman, Green Arrow, Wonder Woman, who knows? Um, if they start making money at the box office, then maybe Warner will care more. But I don't know. It's 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 a rough situation. It's it's a lot rougher than what Marvel has to deal with with you know being owned by Disney now. It seems like Disney respects the property and lets them do their thing. And Marvel's publishing lots of books and having lots of success with things. So everything seems to be kosher over there for the most part. Um, but yeah, DC, like right now, like there is no physical offices at DC Comics. Like the office people, the few that are still there, have like one of those like shared offices. Like you go to like a building where you, everybody can have like an office, something like they rent one of those things. Um, and most of the artists and writers work from you know home or work, you know, just they, you know. They turn everything in digitally. That's how we can do that now. But yeah, it's just really kind of sad state of affairs with, you know, like you can't like tour DC comics anymore. Doesn't exist. So uh, as for AEW signing with HBO Max, really hope that happens because uh, the only reason I still have cable is for TBS and TNT uh, because they're not available uh, with the exception of like on Hulu, I think. So uh, yeah, um, if, if AEW gets all their stuff over on HBO Max, I'm already on HBO Max anyway, so that'd be killer. Yeah, I'd absolutely love that. So, and of course, they would give a lot more uh, you know, uh, coverage to their uh, programming there. So, uh, all right, let's see. Uh, Brian actually you want to see, uh, wants to fix Warner Media since they bought it. Mm, okay. Well, I know there's been a lot of talk that, you know, especially with like the, the movie side of things for DC, uh, they're like, hey, we want to bring Superman back to prominence. You know, we've been you know, getting a lot of, you know, loved Batman and we tried with the Justice League and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, we're not doing the Snyder thing anymore. So, yeah, we want to do, you know, more, you know, we want to give all of our other characters more prominence as well, but, like, they really mentioned, like, bringing Superman back. So, they could do that now, you know, I think if they really wanted to, you know, we've already talked about having the uh, Calvin Johnson Superman, you know, basically the black Superman, but I call him President Superman because that's his name. <laughs> uh, but anywho, but uh, yeah, I really would like maybe that movie because you know, hey, you want to have like a new kind of flavor of Superman. You want to give hope to generations. So maybe not use a white guy anymore. You know, is it important for his skin color? Yeah, you know, I mean, not to the story, but to other people who want to see themselves on the big screen. That'd be kind of cool. So yeah, why not? And if Michael B. Jordan's going to play him. It's not a bad cast. That's not a bad cast. I like that guy. So, yeah. Let, let, let's see what uh, let's see what they can do. So, Brian wants to give Henry Cable another go. I mean, I I liked Henry. You know, I, he wasn't. I grew up on Christopher Reeve. So, to me, there. I mean, Brandon Routh did a nice imitation. Uh, that whole shuttle scene of him, you know, shaving his, you know, shaving the shuttle at the beginning of the movie was really cool. The rest of the movie was not, uh, in my opinion, but. Christopher Reeve was my Superman, so it's kind of hard to top that. Cable was good. I like him as the Witcher better. So, uh, all right, back to comics now. <laughs> See, I like this is fun. You know, we get to you know talk more stuff and get to be thoroughly off topic. All right, Batman Killing Time. This has been a lot of fun here. Uh, this is a, uh, a Tom King miniseries, uh, six issue miniseries, uh, kind of taking place in early career for everybody here. But basically the whole premise is that uh, Penguin, Catwoman, and the Riddler try to pull off the perfect heist, but then Catwoman and the Riddler 
double cross the penguin. So what does the penguin do? He sends the help after them. Now, the help is a new villain. Um, nothing is known about this guy whatsoever. He reveals more in this issue about himself than we've ever heard. Uh, but he is quite the martial artist to the point that he recognizes all of Bruce's moves. Like, oh, that's a Descartes. That's a Rayshaw Ghoul. Oh, little Ted Grant there. That's that's a nice one. Yeah. So it's like he knows all these guys because he's either trained them or fought them or beat them. <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, round one does not go well for Bruce, but, you know, this is only uh, halfway through. So we'll see a little bit more. But, yeah, as a new villain here, this is worth picking up because, yeah, get the whole miniseries because it's really kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, you know, it definitely kind of plays with time and the whole heist thing and not like a timey-wimey kind of thing, but like the time kind of keeps jumping around and everything like that. But yeah, a, a really cool Tom King mini, uh, but yeah, a very interesting villain era. Uh, I mean, if you thought uh, uh, Deathstroke was a formidable villain for Bruce, you ain't got none on this guy. <laughs> Dave says, uh, the help sounds like he might have a bit of Taskmaster in him. It almost kind of came off that way, Dave. It really did. Uh, good, yeah, nice, nice time out there. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it kind of like he maybe is sort of a taskmaster kind of guy. Like he maybe trained all these cats, but I can't imagine that anybody would. I mean, I guess Henry Dugard could be trained or whatnot, but yeah, Rayshaw Ghoul. I mean, geez, you know, that's that's going back a bit. But this guy claims to be pretty old too. But again, also homicidal. So. All right, moving on to Star Wars and seeing it's Star Wars week. We have two Star Wars books to talk about, and they're both worth checking out here. First issue of the Obi-Wan miniseries, uh, and this, of course, you know, right before the uh, the Disney Plus series is going to start. But, yes, this is definitely worth checking out. Um, the thing I loved about Jason Aaron's run on his run of Star Wars was the occasional issue where Luke would delve into Obi-Wan's journals. Uh, you got some really cool, just like self-contained stories uh, that were just a lot of fun. Getting a little bit of background on what Obi Wan was doing while he was on Tatooine, supposedly looking, you know, keeping an eye out for Luke. This kind of like whole mini series is more of that. You basically get six issues of that stuff. So, first issue of this, very cool, definitely worth checking out. Uh, over in the core Star Wars books, we're still right now in the Crimson Rain storyline, kind of the in-between the War of the Bounty Hunters and before we get to the uh, Hidden Hand or Hidden Empire, or whatever. There's another big story event coming in the summer. Uh, this is kind of the in-between sort of thing right now. But this particular issue, this is issue number 23, uh, this one is really cool because like right now there's been kind of a storyline going on where uh, Poe Dameron's parents have been trying to infiltrate the Star Destroyer called Tarkin's Will. Uh, the whole point of Tarkin's Will is that this Admiral Zahara character right here, she served under Tarkin and was able to escape the Death Star before it blew up. So everybody on this ship basically lost somebody in the Death Star explosion. So it's a really strange kind of dichotomy of like, okay, we've never really kind of delved into much on the Imperial emotional side of things of like their loss of the first death star. Well, this, there's a whole crew basically of people who are dealing with that stuff. Uh, even to the point where like, there's like, they've refused to like repair some damage to the ship because it reminds them of something, you know, whatever else. But 
this is a particularly fun issue because you get to see some genius tactical stuff from uh, Admiral Zahara. Uh, there's a big, 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 you know, if you love like your big dog fights and space battles and whatnot, you get one in this issue, but just some amazing yet cruel stuff that she does in this fight is just, yeah. If you're a Star Wars fan and you, and you like your space stuff, even if you're not buying the whole thing, just get this issue because, yeah, just tons of, tons of fun. Uh, next up on the docket here, uh, Spider-Man 2099 Exodus Alpha. Uh, this is a new miniseries starting, bringing back the uh, uh, Spider-Man 2099 20, <laughs> 2099 characters, uh, of course, including uh, Mr. Ghost Rider as well as in this issue. Uh, this is a self-contained miniseries. So you don't have to go buying any of those stuff. There's a Alpha issue. Then there are I think, five issues in the miniseries. Yes, five issues in the miniseries. And then it wraps up with an Omega issue. So you don't have to go buying 100 other Spider-Man books or anything like that or other miniseries. It's all just right in here. So this is the first issue of this. just came out this week. Uh, but the whole plot of this is basically... Uh, there was a piece of a celestial that there was like an entire city was built in. It crashed into a part of Nueva New York or Nueva York, and it basically holds like some sort of element of unimaginable power. And so everybody's going after it. So of course you've got uh, our boy here, and you know the base of the whole you know cabal network and everything else. So if you're a fan of the whole 2099 stuff. This is definitely like a nice, you know, you know, come back to that. Steve Orlando is the writer on this one here. So you get some good writing as well. Kind of, you know, bringing everything in and checking it out. So uh, let's see here. <laughs> oh, hang on here. Uh, John's got a couple of recommendations. Didn't see my list. Check out uh, Twig. Yes. Uh, uh, if you're a Scotty Young fan, uh, Twig is his brand new book. Uh, so I'm not uh, the uh, biggest Scotty Young fan. It's nothing against him. I just, he's not my style, but lots of other people love Scotty. So he's got a new book out there. Uh, Little Monsters. I'm not familiar with that one there. And oh yes, Godzilla versus Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, I don't read that one, but I know uh, a buddy who does. And basically he, he was concerned, like, are we actually going to see like Godzilla fight the Power Rangers? Like we want Mechazords, you know, the, the, what the, yeah, the big robots versus Godzilla. This is a good kaiju versus kaiju book. So, uh, yes, uh, if you're definitely into the Godzilla Power Rangers stuff like that, definitely want to check that one out there. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you, John. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see. A couple other Marvel books to talk about. And since we were just talking about Steve Orlando, might as well bring this one up as well here. So, X-Men uh, Warpath, the one shot here. Uh, if you're reading X-Men books, John Proudstar has been finally brought back from the living uh, or brought back from the dead. Uh, he's, you know, been dead for 40 years, uh, but now the X-Men have this capability of bringing back their dead ones uh, because they kind of get like this whole like DNA suit, essentially, of every mutant who's died, except for a couple notable exceptions. We're reading the book, you know who. Uh, but yeah, for some reason, they hadn't brought John back. For, uh, and so finally, John gets brought back. And so now he's dealing with, you know, who he is, where his place is in the world, what he's going to do in it, you know, you know, being you know Native American, being a mutant, and whatever else. So he gets to go back to his old reservation, which there's, you know, things have changed in the years he's been gone. Uh, <clears throat> of course, you know, not all of them good. 
but the fun thing about this book is that, of course, Steve Orlando uh, was one of the writers on there. But also, if you notice that right there, right, 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 here we go, co-written by Nyla Rose from AEW. So, uh, which, of course, she herself uh, is a uh, first uh, first. First Nation, or she? She's Native American as well. So I, I don't, I don't want to massacre her nationality. So I'll just say, just say it safely. There, she's also Native American as well. So really cool that she gets to contribute to this book as well. Uh, so I'm a big, you know, Warpath fan anyway. Uh, but it was also kind of fun. Like, hey, I'm a Nyla Rose fan as well. So it was, you know, yeah, it was neat to visit. But so a nice one shot, kind of kicking off where John's going to go from here. So, yeah, if you're not necessarily reading all, all what's going on in the X-Men books, but you're an old school fan, you kind of want to, you know, visit with an old friend, you can do that. Uh, last but not least, got to talk about the Iron Man book here. And I haven't been talking about this book. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know why I've been reading it since it came out, but this has been a really cool run on Iron Man because this is after all the uh, Iron Man 2020 stuff. Uh, and so he's really kind of wanted to focus on being like lower tech. Like he's got an old suit. It's not connected to the internet. You know, it's, you know, he tries to isolate himself a little bit more. Well, then comes along Mr. Michael Korvac. And so bringing up a lot of, you know, cosmic big problems. So Tony ends up kind of getting this like ragtag band of misfits uh, that includes, of course, you know, most, you know, uh, notably Hellcat. But you've also got like Misty Knights in there, Gargoyle from the Defenders, and Frogman. Yes, because every great superhero team needs Frogman. <laughs> oh, but anyway, but uh, this particular issue is really good because this kind of wraps up the whole conflict between Tony and Korvac uh, with what's been going on. But it gets really kind of personal because uh, Tony's been seriously injured before he got cosmic abilities temporarily. Uh, and so because of his injuries, he's basically been treating himself with morphine. Now that he's relieved himself of his cosmic abilities, he now has to deal with the fact that he's basically has become an addict for morphine. So, of course, you know, him, you know, be, you know dealing with his alcoholism for, you know, many, many years, uh, you know, that's been, a, you know, an issue itself. But then now he's got this new addiction he's going to worry about. So uh, I love the way this issue ends. Uh, of course, it also has a uh, thing in there if you have, you know, so you want to reach out for substance abuse or reach out with mental illness. It has some numbers in the back for you to, uh, you know, check out and get some help if you need it. So, it, you know, it ends with a great message of hope and healing. Uh, but yeah, just kind of like that whole Christopher Cantwell run right now in Iron Man. Like we're only in 19 issues right now. Uh, but yeah, just been a really interesting run. If you kind of like, you know, if you like your kind of core characters being taken out of their usual, you know, spaces and done something a little more creative with their characters, that's been a fun run. So, yeah. Really enjoy that there. Uh, all right. So uh, let's talk Moon Knight now, shall we? Before we wrap things up here, got to talk about that Moon Knight finale because it was killer. Uh, the director had promised uh, lots of action in this, and it certainly did not disappoint. Uh, definitely all the action was in this episode, uh, I think. But lots of fun in this one. Uh, of course, we get to see a brand new superhero to the MCU. And Lila has officially been dubbed the Scarlet Scarab. So there is a Scarlet Scarab in the Marvel comics, though it makes more sense that she's called the Scarlet Scarab because she has some abilities that come from a scarab and she wears red. Lila, no red. 
no scarabs. So I would have gone with like the heroic hippo maybe or something like that, you know, but yeah, either way, I, I love that. Uh, uh, basically, you know, she is the avatar now for the hippo goddess. Uh, so that just, that it, it just, you know, it's such a wonderful relationship from there than what we have with Mark and Stephen and Khonshu. So yeah, just wonderful, wonderful two different sides of things there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so of course we get our big fights there. We get, you know, Mark and Steven coming back from the dead uh, and fighting with Arthur. Uh, and I, I love the whole kind of, you know, the breaking of the fake reality. And we see like, you know, Arthur's, you know, trailing blood or something like that, you know, with his, you know, footprints and everything. That was, that was very cool. Really enjoyed that whole thing there. Um, but, you know, we get to everything. We kind of wrap all the stuff up there. So, you know, Mark and Steven seem to be in good Congress together here. And, you know, oh, we're, we're free of Khonshu and whatever else. And we get to that cutscene, and We finally get the debut we've been waiting for. Jake Lockley. Oh, and it just the treatment of Jake in this and how they worked him into it. I absolutely love basically he's an avatar within an avatar. So Khonshu knew how troubled Mark was. And he literally said it right there at the end, uh, you know, knows what's going on with his mental state and took complete advantage of that by making an own persona that was loyal to him. That Mark and Steven do not know about. Oh, and, and just, uh, Oh, I love it. Of course, he's got himself, you know, the, the accent. He's playing some Frank Sinatra. Totally does the hit, you know, killing Arthur. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just very, 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 very happy about that one. Uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't be. I just enjoy that. Of course, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, oh, there's not a second season planned or whatnot. I think Marvel has kind of got a strategy about some of their shows, that there's some that are going to be lending themselves to Obvious second seasons, Loki, for instance. Uh, but there are other shows, Hawkeye, which may not, uh, because maybe the next story is being told in another show, Echo. Uh, whereas Moon Knight, on the other hand, maybe there's not going to be a second season of Moon Knight, but we'll see a first season of The Fist of Khonshu, maybe. So, but I think they're also kind of doing that. They're kind of hedging their bets, maybe when it comes to award seasons, you know, they get, maybe they can work Moon Knight into, you know, a limited series and they get awards for that, as opposed to maybe not getting awards because they think, oh, we'll give it to them in their second season or something like that. So I, I think maybe there's a bit of a you know, strategery there, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see, but I don't, don't count out Moon Knight just yet. I think we're going to see a lot more from him. I really kind of hope maybe, there's, of course, been a lot of talk because we know we're getting Blade. Uh, we know that basically we've got, you know, Black Knight has a little bit more of a supernatural touch to uh, his abilities than maybe where they had the comics. Maybe we're getting a Moon Knight, a new Midnight Suns, uh, perhaps. I kind of hope that. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, that, that would be fun. I would like to see a, an on-screen Midnight Suns, even though if we're not going to get the proper uh, group from the 90s some sort of version of we need like a, a, a team of horror based supernatural based heroes that isn't like including Dr. Strange. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we can bring doc in if we want, you know, kind of do a little bit of a, you know, secret defender sort of thing like that. But 
yeah, I would like to see kind of like a supernatural theme team and, you know, Moon Knight, I think would be an excellent addition. So, uh, but yes, we will definitely see what's going to be next for Mr. Spectre and Mr. Grant uh, and how they're going to end up dealing with Lockley. So yeah, just love that. Cause you know, in the original comics, Jake was kind of like, he was the tough guy, cab driver. He had the network of spies. They're all street people and other cabbies and, you know, uh, homeless people and whatever else. Anybody he could find was in his network. But in later iterations, Jake has become much more of the dangerous, psychotic persona. Uh, far more violent than Mark ever was. So some of those, I, I kind of like they're, they're, they're bringing a little bit of that back into it. So, yeah, I, I could be fun. So, I, again, yeah, very impressed with the Moon Knight finale. Uh, as a longtime fan of the comics and all the different iterations in there, uh, it really enjoyed you know their take on this. Uh, a few changes that were made, obviously, to the personas. Uh, but, yeah, just really enjoyed how they structured the show. Uh, of course, you know, lots of good uh, Egyptian uh, sort of, uh, you, know, you know, exposure and, you know, good, you know, just, just some good presence for them as well. So uh, I love the whole scene where, you know, Layla's saving the bus full of people and the little girl asks, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she says, yes. Yeah, I think probably a lot of people just cheered at that little moment there. So, yeah. Uh, again, so so good exposure for uh, you know a superhero of a different color. So enjoy that, for, you know, definitely. So, uh, but yeah, so and of course, I definitely want to see more of Lila. Uh, you know, a very formidable sort of person even before she got powers. So uh, yeah, so and like that. And uh, I love the little Easter egg at the end of the episode. If you notice the uh, the name of the hospital, the uh, Sinkevitz uh, Psychiatric Ward or Psychiatric Hospital, or whatnot. Yeah, uh, they apparently uh, uh, must have asked Bill Sinkevitz for his permission on that, and he basically said, "I would be uh, offended if you didn't." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, of course, he was you know a very famous Moon Knight artist, uh, did some wonderful art, still does to this day. So, uh, I'm glad that uh, Bill's been a big fan of the show, and he gets a nice big shout out as well. So, yeah. Anywho, so I think that about wraps it up for our debut here on the uh, Serial Box Network. So. So glad you guys joined me. So glad for the comments there. Uh, I wholly recommend you guys like, subscribe, share, whatnot. Let's you know. Let, let's uh, you know. Get all the people together here. Let's talk geek. I love doing that. So you guys have yourself a wonderful time. And one more thing before we go here, I've got to do. Uh, you know, one of our sponsors here is a very important charity here that I think you guys need to know about. So. We'll uh, wrap things up by showing you this here, and then we'll end our show here for this week. So you guys have a wonderful time, and I will see you next time on the Fanatic Forum. Take care. Bye-bye. Comic Books for Kids provides comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers across the U.S. It's a place where we can all work together to make sure every child has a comic book. 100% of all proceeds go towards the kids. It's about making a difference, and while they're in the hospital, allowing them to fly like a superhero, battle dragons, or rescue teddy bears. We are in every state in the country and now support over 160 hospitals. Every month, we add more. Visit cb4k.org.